0: Stick all the plugs up your butt, all the plugs up your butt. What? I'm gonna stick all the plugs up your butt. Are you recording me? All the plugs up your butt.
1: And welcome, one and all, to episode 267 of the SLS Cast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this week's episode brought to you by Markitech Media. Check out Markitect on Twitch, Saturday through Thursday, 9 to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time at twitch.tv slash This is the Pennsylvanian area code episode of the SLS Cast, because it turns out that the area code for Pennsylvania, um, including its suburbs in eastern montgomery county and most of bucks county overlaying with area code 215 would also just happen to be 267 and of course with that wonderful roundabout knowledge i of course am matt and coming to us all the way from sunny california would be our resident sony employee tim and boy has it been awfully nipply out
0: here in southern california just a tidbit a tidbit nipply, I should say. It's been yes. like I, I've actually had to use the space heater there in the old there in the old office. So wow, they
1: have heaters in California. We, we
0: space heaters, space heaters. Yeah, no, no central AC, no central heating.
1: I just figured you had to climb into your car and you know just turn on the vents and let the <laughs> engine heat come into the cabin of the vehicle, and that would be the only way you could get heat in the nighttime in California.
0: That is usually the case, but luckily in the back of Whole Foods, they started carrying, uh, space eaters. But I don't know if you've ever owned a space eater, but I've realized, realized just now that there are really good space eaters and there are Mm -hmm. really shitty space eaters.
1: Yes. I, uh, I I grew up, uh, all over the country, uh, as I'm sure I've talked about ad nauseam. But, uh, I did spend a lot of time in Florida and also specifically in southern Florida, Miami area. So yes, we also had to have the old space heater action for the two or three days that it might be cold enough to require one. And I remember literally them. Now this, of course, was back in the olden days. And it was like the actual individual, uh, tines of steel that were plugged into the element on either way with a small little grate covering it. And so when you turn the fucker on, the just those individual tines of steel would be superheated until they glowed red. Mm -hmm. And then that's how you got your heat. And the grating, in order to make sure that you it could radiate heat properly, the grating was literally big enough that uh, probably an 18-month-old could still stick their hand through it and reach the nice big red glowing strips in the back. Uh, but this was the safety feature, you see, you know, because we wouldn't want you to just fall against it or something. Um But man, if they didn't burn your house down, they were fantastic.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure that grate was made out of metal as well and oh, yes. burnt the yes. shit out of you.
1: Oh, yeah. Get the nice, uh, yeah. Because well, that that's what you would do. You could, you know, lay it on its back, which is obviously also very safe because they're meant to stand upright. But you could lay it on its back and then, you know, use it for like grilled cheese or toast or waffles. You know, like reheating your Eggo waffles and stuff like that.
0: Well, that's how we love our women here at the SLS Cast on
1: their backs
0: and used to heat up toast and grilled cheese. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, here here at the Southern California Sony Tim household, we have one of those large plated grill, whatever, you know, space heaters that glow that nice, hot, red, reddish orange. But at work, we have nicer ones where I guess Sony can afford these nice, or at least maybe the department I work in can afford these nicer ones. And it's not even half. Not even half the size of the one that we have here at Sony Tim's household. And man, it that, that sucker like actually blows the hot air and can heat up a rather large room. Whereas this huge ass grated one can even heat up the bathroom where I've, you know, where, where the water has been on hot, steaming hot in the shower for like 20 minutes. It still can't even heat up the room. Well, so. I would say
1: that the Sony one that you have is probably made by Sony. So
0: maybe Maybe you should buy it. I could maybe buy it or I can just maybe take the one from our office and replace it. Swap it it out and see what happens.
1: (laughs) I mean, surely, wait, wait till the cold snap is over and then just swap them out. They won't know till next year. And by next year, you know, they'll be like, wow, was this really the same one we always had? And you just be like, yep, that was the same one. Don't you remember how I complained about it? And then, you know. And you and whoever is there was like, oh yeah, I do remember that, even though they don't. As it catches my desk on fire in the background,
0: <laughs> mm. like, why does it smell like grilled cheese in here? <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> how
1: has life been treating you, sir?
0: Life is good. Life is good. However, I must throw out there that uh, my my neighbors are being a little assholey. This evening, so if you hear any clinking and clanging in the background, they're just being themselves. But luckily, luckily, we are moving out. Me and the significant other are moving to a better, nicer, greater part of town where, where we don't have shared walls, which will be Ooh. nice. So, so, like, you're getting an actual home? Well, it's an apartment. It's an apartment, but it's good. it's more, uh shall we say... Mature unit style or something? Yeah, we're, we're moving into a senior citizen's home. Nice. Uh, we, we got oh, ourselves dinner. Um,
1: that's and- the, that, well, that's great. I mean, you know, dinner's a little early, but I'm sure it's quite filling. Um, you know, people come and check on you. Uh, it'll be, you know, I'm sure you'll love it. Um, as far as possible technical issues on my end this week, um, we're having our, you know, February monsoon season right now and, it it has been pretty much nonstop rain and thunderstorm for about the past twenty hours. Um and, you know, knock on wood. That was my head. But um uh, we won't lose power or anything. But um yeah. So if you might you might hear some rumblings or some loud watery noises. That's just gonna be the rain.
0: That's actually quite soothing. Maybe That'll <laughs> add a soothing layer to the yes, experience of the show. Very current you know?
1: undertone, because if we weren't already enough to bore you to sleep, now we have nature sounds to augment and enhance the ability to sleep through our show.
0: <laughs> to keep you asleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I think we have kind of a big show to get to. We have two big shows. Two big shows in a row that you guys are going to be getting. Now, as we talked about last week, we have no movies this week. No movies this week because of, uh, release dates and things of that nature. We're going to cover the last of our movies, uh, for next week's show. Um, but this week and next week, we're going to be giving you our Oscar predictions. So we're going to be covering, let's see here. I got two, four, six, eight, ten. We have 11 categories that we're going to be covering, and we're going to go and talk about all of the... uh, We're we're talking about all the nominees, and we're going to get into as much discussion as um, the spirit moves us to, Um, and uh, so that's going to be this week and next week, along with the last of the Oscar-nominated flicks, and then, yes, people who appreciate and put up with our love of the oscars it'll all be done and then we'll be back to our regular scheduled programming but until then we're nerding out on some oscar nominees and um shall we get to the categories, sir we shall but are we still sponsored by somebody we are i i i did man come on i thought i did a much better job integrating our sponsor this week into the intro of the show than i did last week
0: oh wait Maybe you did it so well, I missed it.
1: (laughs) Awesome! I'm I'm so good, you don't even know we're being sponsored anymore. That was money well spent, Mark. Well done, sir. Well, fucking done. And we're giving
0: him free advertising right now.
1: (laughs) Why? He gets he gets all the free advertising he can get. It's not free. (laughs) <laughs> it's getting bonus advertising. <laughs> uh, yeah. So in case you didn't notice it, due to my ultra smooth delivery, yes, Market Media. Uh my buddy Mark over at Markitech on Twitch is uh has been sponsoring us and uh he gets the he gets the blurbs at the beginning and the ending of the show. We'll still have our commercial for him in the middle of the show. Alright. So here are the Categories we're going to be covering this week. We got cinematography, production design, visual effects, sound mixing, sound editing, music, original song and score, costume design, makeup and hair styling, and writing for both original and adapted screenplay. So uh, where would you like to start, sir? Why don't we start at the
0: bottom of that list?
1: So the writing, writing, original
0: screenplay and adapted screenplay. Adapted Screenplay, Call Me By Your Name, written by James Ivory, The Disaster Artist, written by Scott uh, Neustrator and Michael H. Weber. Logan, written by Scott Frank and James Mangold and Michael Green. Molly's Game, Aaron Sorkin, and Mudbound. Virgil Williams and D. Reese. What I'll say about this, real quick, is that it really runs the gamut of of writing
1: styles agreed i mean it's all over the place and for those of you wanting to play along at home um oscar.go.com slash nominees and we'll take you to the main oscar page and you can scroll along and play with us here um and again we are at the bottom of that page right now uh, where the writing categories can be found um yeah i mean definitely you have got um true life thriller you have got um you know behind the scenes comedy you have an uh, an action movie you've got um period drama as well and really i mean i guess with call me by your name and mudbound both technically period dramas but um you're more traditional period drama out of mudbound so definitely all over the place um I got to say, though, for me, there's not much of a there, there's not really much to wrestle with. I I I would easily put uh, James Ivory in the bag for this
0: for call me by your name. So that's who you want to win. And that is who you think will win.
1: Yes. Yes. Traditionally, I am terrible at this. But, um, you know, if it were up to me. And clearly it should be, if you're James Ivory. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What is this name, James Avery or Ivory? Ivory. I-V-O-R-Y. Like the soap, or the color, or the stuff that comes out of elephant trunks. Or a last name. (laughs) (laughs) But, now, I could, however, see mudbound... I could see Mudbound sneaking away with it, like, kind of like the underdog, right? You know, the, the dark horse, if you will. But, um, I, I really, yeah, I really and truly think that the content, the delivery, the story, ev- everything that is there, um, and with its honesty and its portrayal, I think James Ivory has it with call me by your name.
0: I definitely agree. I think it's going to be between Call Me By Your Name and Mudbound. I want Call Me By Your Name to win, and I do think it'll win. Molly's Game, Aaron Sorkin just kind of overwrites his dialogue in his in his scripts. Uh, so that's why I don't think Molly's Game is going to take it, although it does deserve the nod, of course. Uh, the Disaster Artist, though it was a, a definitely an entertaining movie and it was a funny movie and a very much a touching movie, Uh, It it just, it wasn't like the best screenplay from beginning to end. It definitely had its choppy and uneven moments. Logan, I think Logan is on here because it was Mm -hmm. something different. It was something so familiar yet different. And I think people, I I mean, I don't really think it necessarily deserved to be on here.
1: I do. I do believe it deserved to be. On here and and the reason why is because it is truly the most modern allegory for Shane that we were and they direct and they even directly reference it if you remember back in the hotel room um right before um the professor has one of his fits and kind of shuts down the entire hotel um they're watching Shane mm-hmm and then they're also kind of uh discussing the Western as the genre and everything and Jack Palance's character and all that good stuff. And the way that the movie in and of itself plays out is much like a modern allegorical version of Shane. It also really kind of brings back a lot of what has been lost in the Westerns that people just don't seem to resonate with, which is why we don't get many good, many Westerns um on the whole anymore and it's so incredibly hard to get a good one um so i think that they definitely deserve the nomination i think it is uh it was a truly well-written piece especially coming out of the blue um you know for the genre also noting the daunting task of actually having to write the last wolverine movie I, I guess it was,
0: I guess it's because for me it like I didn't I wasn't sad at the end like I, I didn't care for the ending but I guess I oh. also forget that the reason why it's under adapted screenplay because it's loosely based on a comic right the old man Logan comic uh
1: it do, yes it does well there, there it's this comic series uh the wasteland series uh that features old man Logan but yeah
0: okay. Yeah, so I mean, that that's why I think Call Me By Your Name is going to take it. And I sure hope it does take it.
1: Okay, so then we'll bring us to the bottom of the list here with original screenplay for writing. Uh, we've got The the Big Sick, and I, I don't know if, about you, but I'm not getting any of these. I've got a whole bunch of dot-dot-dots and ellipses and shit. So do you have who they're written by? Yeah. Uh, so the big sick is written by
0: Emily V. Gordon and Kumal Nanjani. Uh, uh, Get out, Jordan Peele.
1: Peele, right? Lady
0: Bird, Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro, and Vanessa Taylor. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, written by Martin McDonough.
1: Okay, this one is a bit tougher for me. I I, I think that the the politics and the uh and the Cynic in me says it's gonna go to Big Sick just because I think people want it to go to Big Sick. But I feel like Get Out, Lady Bird, and Three Billboards are all better written um on the whole. I oh man. So pff, I was so hard. Okay, I think Big <laughs> Sick's gonna win. I want Ladybird to win.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, I do, too. Um, The Big Sick was... That, that's, that was my first pick. If you're going to ask me six, seven months ago, what did I want to win for best uh, original screenplay, I would have chosen The Big Sick. Because it's a very good movie. It's a well-written movie. But some of it, it doesn't land 100%. Whereas I think Lady Bird lands 100%. A lot of people are thinking also that Get Out is going to win because a lot of people consider it to be an incredibly original screenplay though. I think it's good. The movie as a whole is a very good movie. Once you start, I think paying attention to the quality of the screenplay and the quality of the film, you might start to realize that it's actually quite formulaic and kind of just falls in the same groove and, you know, into, I guess a very formulaic groove. And once you realize that you can kind of, See where that movie is going, and that's it. Does have great twists, and I'm not saying great twists um, uh, aren't consider uh, should not be considered. Wait, hang on, and I'm not wait. I'm confusing myself <laughs> while saying that. <laughs>
1: uh, but I'm confused I, by hang on, wait. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, hang on, wait, uh, but hang twists. On. Am I supposed to hang on or am I supposed to wait? I know, right?
0: But twists, though they are good, can still be formulaic because you're expecting a twist if that makes any sense sure very much like a uh, M. Night Shyamalan script for a while you just kept expecting a twist therefore it was an M. Night Shyamalan formula and because Jordan Peele was making his own uh, satire his own horror movie like a horror movie you'd see in you know throughout the 80s like a John Carpenter horror, horror movie you know it it's a formula that you are familiar with and a lot of people just don't realize it so that's why i think a lot of people will probably pick get out but i really want ladybird to win it because the script is wonderful it's an original coming of age tale that definitely relates to all of us regardless of age regardless of where you know where you're from it relates to us all and i i think it's quite lovely
1: well then uh are we just going to move up from the bottom and go to visual effects or sure
0: first up we have blade runner 2049 john nelson paul lambert richard r hoover and Jurd nefzer or gird nefzer gardens of the galaxy volume 2 Christopher townsend guy williams jonathan faulkner dan sudik kong skull island stephen rosenbaum Jeff White, Scott Benza, Mike Meandrus, Star Wars Less Jedi, Ben Morris, Mike Mulholland, Chris Corbold, and Neil Scanlon. And finally, War for the Planet of the Apes, Joe Letary, Dan Lemon, Daniel Barrett, and Joel Wist.
1: Hmm. This is a pretty tough category, because all of these movies really did well in the visual effects uh, visual effects department on the whole um, I mean I could tell you what probably would win I,
0: 25 years ago or 30 years ago
1: oh yeah I, the, I mean there and the thing I mean it's really hard to pick this is definitely a really hard one to pick I think though I'm going to go with... Um, I would like to see Guardians win. Um, the one I think is going to win, I really and truly am having a really hard time between Blade Runner and Star Wars. Um, I, I Blade Runner, I guess, is the one I think is going to win. But I would like for Guardians to win. I think it's going to be War for the Planet of the
0: Apes. Really? Uh, Yeah, because it's like whenever we get to uh, makeup, I'm going to say kind of the same thing, or uh, I guess maybe the same thing applies. Whereas like with Gary Oldman with makeup, most of the movie is in close-up or medium shots of him talking. And watching that film, you just get lost in it, and you think you're actually watching not Gary Oldman, but Winston Churchill. For War for the Plane of the Apes... It's all motion capture CGI and with these great performances thrown on top of it it's I mean it's 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 astounding really and seamless 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 work and that is why I think War of the Planet of the Apes will win Gardens of the Galaxy to me just screams visual effects Kong Skull Island poppy colorful visual effects Star Wars visual flex visual effects Blade Runner 2049, I love the effects because they used uh, both models and visual effects. So it gave it a really cool old school feel. And in fact, Blade Runner 2049 is probably the movie that would win best visual effects if it were 30 years ago or so, because this is the type of stuff that they would have done uh, back then. But I think I'm going to stick with uh, War for the Planet of the Apes because it's
1: seamless work.
0: And so you I know... think so?
1: You both think you think that it'll win, and you want for it to win. Uh, correct. Okay. So here's why. I mean, I totally can see where you're coming from. Um, and quite frankly, I would I would argue that if that's the reason why you think War for the Planet of the Apes is there, then you have to argue to at least a certain degree that that's also why Kong Skull Island is there. Um, because that is also a lot of the similar stuff in terms of there was a lot of CGI um, and a lot of motion capture and things of that nature um, that went into that movie. But but
0: there's also believability. It, like watching Cole, Kong Skull Island, when I watched it, I thought the entire time, or I knew the entire time, I was aware the entire time that I was watching a movie with CGI, whereas War for the Planet of the Apes, I kind of got caught up in it. And I wasn't constantly thinking I was watching a CGI Movie and I'm not saying that's it's bad for movies to be like Kong Skull Island. You know, I enjoyed it, but that I mean that's why I'm I'm lean uh, heavily towards Planet of the Apes.
1: Okay, and that's fair. And that's fair. Now this is the only reason why I would disagree with you on the why why I would think that Blade Runner would take it over War of Planet of the Apes. Um, It is it is because of its blend of models. And visual effects and CGI, um, that harkens back to a time when we didn't have the CGI to rely on. And yet we still had to give amazing, you know, spectacle. Sure. Yeah. And Blade Runner 2049 does that much in the same way that Fury Road, a couple from, from what back in 2015, um, did the same thing. And so, and it won all the visual effects awards that year as well. So, I'm I'm thinking by virtue of that is the reason why Blade Runner will pull it out, Uh, and that's and that is my reasoning behind why I think it will win. So, yeah, I I mean, mean, and
0: honestly, Blade Runner for me is a close second.
1: And that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) 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 Schmuckins. Tim! Tim! God! What the hell is that racket? What are you doing? Just trying to find a Twitch stream worth watching. That's what's up. Wow. That's an impressive amount of noise considering it's 2018 and you're using the internet.
0: Come on, man. Look, are you going to help me out or not?
1: Fine. What are you interested in?
0: That's part of the problem. I'm not exactly into one specific genre.
1: Ah, so then you need something like Rocket League or Hearthstone one day, CSGO or PUBG the next, maybe new games like Dragon Ball Fighter Z on other nights, right?
0: Exactly! That would work.
1: Well, how do you feel about community involvement?
0: Am I being sentenced or something?
1: <laughs> not exactly. Do you like to live chat and play games with the streamer or vote on which games get streamed?
0: Oh, that! Yeah, sure! But it, it's not a requirement, though, is it? Of course not. Well, where does one find this haven on Twitch?
1: Easy! Just go to twitch.tv marketect or reach out directly via Twitter at Twitch. How do you spell Markitect? M-A-R-K-I-T-E-C-T Nice! Now, we all know this. I'm a slow typist here. Can you give it to me again? Sure! Twitch.tv marketect and at Twitch for Twitter. That's twitch.tv slash and at Twitch for Twitter. I'm on it. Thanks. All right. So let's see here. Well, I mean, okay. So if we're just scrolling up from the bottom, sound mixing is next and it is also on our list of things to talk about.
0: Yes. Sound mixing. First up, Baby Driver. Mixing was done by Mary H. Ellis, Julian Slater, Tim Cavanaugh, not Tim Cavanaugh, Tim Cavigan. The C-A-V-A-G-I-N is throwing me off. Um, And I know Julian quite well. I just don't know Tim Caffigan. Um, Next up, Blade Runner 2049, Mac, Ruth, Ron, Bartlett, and Doug Hephill. Next up, Dunkirk, Mary Weingarten, Greg Landaker, and Gary A. Rizzo. The Shape of Water, Glenn Gothier, Christian Cook and brad zorn and lastly star wars last jedi Stuart wilson rin kleiss david parker and michael samanick and since we're talking about the sound uh, oscars here i work in the sound department at sony and we edited and mixed a number of these movies just want to throw that on the table i'm trust i'm not going to be biased just because i work at sony and i'm i work with some of these people but just throw it out there
1: for our, for the uninitiated and or uneducated. What is the difference, sir, between sound mixing and sound editing? Since we're on
0: sound mixing, usually we have like at Sony, what we uh, work on is an S six, an S six audio mixing board, soundboard. And so we take all these different sounds You got the score, you got the sound effects, you got the special effects sounds, you have everything from Foley and the ADR work, and you use this board and all the channels and all these noises and sounds and audio is linked to or funneled into, and you use that board to basically mix the sounds and blend the sounds together. You do this by throwing some of the audio into certain speakers, creating various types of immersive sound like 5.1 audio or even 7.1. So that is what sound mixing is, is you're mixing all these sounds together so it sounds like a movie. And it's very important for action movies, it's very important for thrillers and suspense movies, as well as horror films. So, for example, like Baby Driver, for sound mixing, you have the sound of the stick shift, you have the sound of the tires peeling out, you have the sound of the exhaust coming out of the tailpipe, you have the sound of the engine just revving, and the cars screeching by, uh, the cop sirens going off, so you have all these sounds going on. And it has to create just that movie noise that we all are familiar with. And a lot of the time, it's not really your typical real-life sounds either. Like um, Julian, who gave an interview where he talked about using not American standard American police sirens, but they used European police sirens just because at that specific moment, that particular moment, it just sounded better and more authentic. Uh, so that is the long way. <laughs> uh, that is the expanded definition of sound mixing.
1: Well, all right then. And so then just as a balance against sound editing, what is sound editing? So sound editing, it's kind of like
0: putting together...
1: What we hear it, versus how we hear it.
0: So the sound editing comes before the sound mixing. It's the sounds prepared for the mixing. That is the down and dirty definition for it
1: all right so there you go so sound editing are the sounds that we hear so the tires squealing or the leaves falling or the music playing on the jukebox or what have you and the mixing is how we hear that in terms of uh, out of which channels, the left or the right, or how much more you're going to hear those tires squealing than you would hear the the music playing from that jukebox while the leaves fall outside.
0: You see, Matthew is the Wikipedia version, and I am the novel version, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> the, the rambling he's, version. <laughs> he's gone with the wind. I'm gone with the breeze. It's fine. Um, all right, so. Now that we're, okay, so back to the, back to the actual category, sound mixing. Um, yeah, this one is a little bit harder for me. Um, I really kind of think that this one is more or less between baby driver and shape of water. Really? Yes. Okay. Because, um, if you think about the importance of, everything that is worked together in the editing and the storytelling for both of these movies, as much as the visuals are there, they do have to work, especially more so in baby driver than in shape of water. They do have to work in concert with sound. And, and so these movies almost lose their complete aspects of, of the power that they have in the sound. Now I see I could definitely see somebody arguing that uh for Dunkirk because the war, battle, and things of that nature is always uh very, very important.
0: And most of the movie is sound.
1: Correct. Most of the movie is sound there. But you'll notice um because I, I, I thought it was kind of funny, um that while the names may change a little bit here and there, um the the Nominees in the categories are exactly the same for sound editing and sound mixing. And I think that the sound editing is where Dunkirk is going to have a better chance of winning than in sound mixing. Because the artistic side of the mixing is good. And it's really good and obviously worthy of being nominated. But you can only mix what you're given to mix. And the power of Dunkirk is in the way it was shot and in the collection of that stuff. Because from there, they then have to choose what to cut out and what to drop to help make the movie powerful. But it's nothing without its source material. So that's why I think Dunkirk would be out of the running in the sound mixing um, but and Um, and more... And more uh, of the one to take down for editing. So um, I would say... <clears throat> want and th- expect that Baby Driver will get sound mixing.
0: So, okay. I'm more for Baby Driver for sound editing. Um, okay, okay. And for sound mixing, I think Dunkirk is going to win. Uh, However, Dunkirk is actually the favorite amongst a lot of the awards that have already happened. Uh, It has won for sound, I believe, for the BAFTAs it won. uh, The MPSC awards that happened this past uh, weekend, uh, which I did
1: attend. Uh, Oh, yeah, I totally forgot... Why didn't you mention that in the, how you been, what you been doing? How the fuck was that? <laughs> well, it was
0: fun. <laughs> and uh, and the MPSE Awards are, is the Motion Picture Sound Editor Awards. And actually, this coming up weekend, I'm going to another one uh, called the CAS Awards, the Cinema Audio uh, Society Awards. And uh, guess who's sitting at my table? But Julian Slater and Edgar Wright. So... <laughs> That's <laughs> fucking awesome dude so i'm not uh so i mean again like i i i mean i want to be very respectful because I, I mean I work not only because I work with all these guys but um a lot of hard work goes into sound as well as all these other departments, but these are very much like the writing all of these films are so vastly different and equally impressive. I mean, The Shape of Water is your fantasy drama, Dunkirk is your big uh action war film, Blade Runner is your uh slow-burning sci-fi film with both heavy music and very intriguing funky sounding effects, and then Baby Driver is just wild. <laughs> it's it's like a musical ballet for your ears. Less visually and more uh more 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 uh more audible. And um and, and I think that's why for me again, a lot of a, a lot of I, I think and, and again, I think that's why baby driver could take sound editing is because of all those sounds and the music kind of thrown in on top or, or the music mixed in uh, along with it. Uh, and, and, and Blade Runner, that's why I think also Blade Runner is a top contender as well. But when it comes to putting everything together to create a believable world that just really took me by the, the, the collar of my shirt and just brought me into it, I gotta give Sound Mixing to Dunkirk. Because, yeah, Blade Runner 2049 does that as well. And Baby Driver, you know, of course does that. It's just, damn, Dunkirk, it felt like I was there. You know, say what you will about the movie as a whole, but the movie would not have been as engaging and rattling without that great sound mix. The only thing that I'm really torn between is Baby Driver and Blade Runner for sound editing. And um, and, and Dunkirk can also take sound editing. But I want Baby Driver to take it. I I just think Blade Runner might
1: win sound editing so So i'm standing i'm standing by my i'm standing by my uh i'm sticking to my guns i think that i think for editing it's going to be dunkirk um i i i want and expect dunkirk to get the editing um but like i said i want and expect baby driver to get sound mixing and it sounds like we're almost just converse here so for the most part
0: yeah, and, you know, there's a good chance that w- one of us is probably gonna take at least one category. So, <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe we're both gonna be wrong because be, we got. I, our-
1: I would. I think it'd be kind of funny though if we're bo- if we're if we're the exact opposite wrong though. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where, uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, we just both get, like they're both completely swapped. So that'll be yeah. fun. All right. Well, let's see here. So moving along. Um, okay, so the next one up is short film, which we don't cover. We don't do short film. Um, so it looks like production design. Up. Oh, yep, production design. That's also in our list of things to cover for this episode. All right.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, so production design, we have beauty and the bees yeah didn't you forget that came out this past year uh that uh, production design for that film uh, was done by sarah greenwood and katie spencer blade runner 2049 dennis gassner and alessandra Querzola. darkest hour sarah greenwood and katie spencer dunkirk nathan crowley and gary Fettis. And then finally, The Shape of Water, Paul D. Osterberry, Jeffrey A. Melvin, and Shane uh, View, V I E A U.
1: Yeah, um, I could totally, um, I am totally okay with Shape of Water getting production design. Um, and I'm honestly kind of, it's kind of hard for me to pick between also Blade Runner. Uh, Darkest Hour, also very decently done. Not really super impressed with Beauty and the Beast, quite honest with you. Um I know that we were both really, really, really excited for Cinderella back when, you know, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, when that was in the loop from that production remake. But, I don't know, I really think... <sighs> I, I I can see I could see how Blade Runner or Darkest Hour could could get it. uh maybe even Dunkirk, because you know Dunkirk and Darkest Hour are kind of the same thing, but I I really and really truly believe that all in all, Shape of Water, I mean, God, it's just so beautiful. It, it mean, I mean, I was not the biggest fan of this film, guys. You know that I wasn't big the, the biggest fan of this movie. But I wasn't the biggest fan of the story and I wasn't the biggest fan of the execution of certain elements, but it is beautiful and it is wonderful to look at. And that is all costume and production design. That is hands down what that is. And Matt Matt
0: has a, we all know you also have a turquoise fetish.
1: Yes. Yes. Turquoise. Yes. My, um, all of my condoms are turquoise. Um, God,
0: (laughs) I just didn't really want to think about that.
1: <laughs> uh anyway. <clears throat> no, but uh really and truly, so I you know what, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna double down. Uh, my want and expect is shape of water.
0: The shape of water. Alright, Matthew, you say the shape of water. Um, the reason why I'm not going to say Blade Runner 2049, uh, is because it's, it's, it's nostalgia. Same thing with Beauty and the Beast. It's nostalgia. We've seen it before. We've seen the Beauty and the Beast cartoon. They designed the movie to look very much like that. Blade Runner 2049, the movie's designed to look like Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. Um I, I really the movie that stands out as something original, something new, something different. Though if you're a big fan of Guillermo del Toro and have looked at some of his other films, uh like the artwork for the production designs for his other films, you'll see a lot of similarities, but uh, there's a nice blend of color and uh and and character and mood and tone and Um, in depth, within the set, and the coloring. And to me, that is what made the movie, uh, was all of that. And I agree with Matt. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the movie, of the story itself, but the look of the movie was just something absolutely wonderful. And that's why I expect and want The Shape of Water to take production design.
1: Right on. Okay, so um, that brings us to music. Original song. Um,
0: original song. Original song. I'm pretending I'm singing and making up a song as I find out where that's at on my list oh here we go so original song Mighty River from Mudbound Mary J. Blige Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name Sufshin Stevens Remember Me from Coco written by Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez Stand Up For Something from Marshall written by Diane Warren and Common and finally This Is Me from The Greatest Showman Benj Pasek and justin paul
1: hmm i got to i got to say this is my least favorite category this year um not, none of these i mean th- th- not that they're bad by any stretch of the imagination but i am not suitably moved by any of them on their own like in the context of the movie and stuff they're great um uh i i think that for me mystery of love and remember me are kind of the ones that stuck with me in terms of the film um granted this is me is a full-on musical number and the greatest showman um uh, but i don't but i don't care <laughs> that's, <laughs> and that's the biggest problem so i i i guess <sighs> somewhere in the neighborhood of mighty river mystery of love and this is me i just don't really know where the needle's going to land um based on the Content, so you know what? How about uh, how about we just uh, throw Mary J. Blige some love? How about Mighty River? So, Mighty River is what you think and what you want to win, sure. It's yeah, (laughs) why not? Um, (laughs) I guess, I guess you know it, but uh, Heart of Hearts, I think I'd like to see Mystery of Love win,
0: yeah, I think. I, I think there's a good chance that "Mystery of Love" uh, could take it. However, there's one song that has stuck with me uh, since I saw it. Believe it or not, and that is "and that is uh, Remember Me" from Coco. Um, Remember
1: me I mean, no, and don't get me wrong. It's like, cause when the kid is playing the song for his, for his, for Coco, uh, you know, for his great grandma Coco and, and, and she comes back to life and everything. I mean, you know, I, I get it. I mean, I, I literally just got some goosebumps just now talking to you, but, um, I don't know. I just, I don't think that the song on its own, I think that the song, I, I think if you are going to, have a song the song has to be a demonstrable tangible collection of what the movie is inside of itself and that's hard to do oh, with sure. a song yeah yeah um and, and that's why hustle it's, and y- flow one <laughs> that one year. um and so and and, and I don't think that Remember Me does that on the whole for Coco. I think it's very good for the scene it's in. I think it's a good song. Um, and, and again, that's kind, kind of why I could see where Mary J. Blige, because if you think about the context of what Mighty River is in Mudbound and the, then the story of Mudbound and everything that's going on, um, I, I can see how that one would resonate enough that it could win. Which is why I think that it would win. But I think the one that really just kind of really gets to me to really think about it and the kind of one I think that I would want to see would be Mystery of Love. So that that's, that is why all, I mean, in all seriousness. So I wasn't trying to hijack why you should, why you should like remember me because that's not what I was trying to do. Oh, but no, I guess no. I was just trying to clarify.
0: No, no, uh, I, no, I, I won Mystery of Love to win, but I think Coco will win. Or yeah, Coco will win. But, okay,
1: so you think Coco will win, but right. you want Mystery of Love to win. Okay,
0: correct. So on the whole, you don't. On the whole, you don't want Coco. On the whole, you want a Mighty River. But it, you you want you want a Mighty River to win, and you and you think it will win, right?
1: No, 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 no. I think Mighty River will win. I would like for Mystery of Love to win.
0: Okay, it's a little. Little Matt and Tim agreement on there. That's good. So, on the whole, we both like a little mystery.
1: (laughs) There you go. Uh, All right. Well, then that bumps us right on up into original score. And so this time here, hey look, I've got it all. Woo! All right, I'm going to give I'm going to give Tim a break here. So we have uh Dunkirk, uh, and Hans Zimmer, from there, Phantom Thread, uh of Johnny Greenwood, The Shape of Water, uh Alexandra D- Desplat, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, John Williams, and three billboards outside Emming, Missouri, Carter Burwell.
0: Hmm. 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 Well, I—I I mean, I'm pretty sure uh, Alexander Desplat will win for *The Shape of Water*, um, but I rewatched um, *Phantom Thread* on Monday. I went back into the theater and saw it, and I paid more attention to the score. And fuck <laughs> it's it's so man that the music of that movie is beautiful, and though I think the shape of water will take it i'm 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 torn between the two as to which one i I want to win, and I don't know if I can really choose between the two. however, I do think the shape of water will will win
1: well. hmm see i'm i'm with you on phantom thread see I, I i would i think i would like for phantom thread to win however i am torn on whether or not john williams pulls it off really main mainly because we all know that homeboy is in the twilight of his career i mean he, he's still working every day but he's like 89 years old or something. So um and if there's one thing that you just absolutely cannot fault about Star Wars, it's the score. Uh um, Really, but you don't think it's kind of like
0: the same stuff that he's been doing for the Star really Wars not. movies? It's
1: really not. It's really not. And I I think that um I, I think, I think that if it were, let's, let me put you this way. I think if it were the same, if it was just simply the same stuff, you wouldn't have, you, you, you would have token nominations and the token nominations would have long since dried up, especially for Star Wars at this point. And the fact that it isn't, that he is still getting legit Oscar nominations on this stuff um, is why I think he's got a shot. Um, I think I can totally understand where you're coming from with Shape of Water. Um, part of its charm is in its score. But I think that most of the... Most of the feeling you get from the score is at the behest of its visuals. And the visuals, once again, go back into costume and production design. So that's why I'm not so sure that the score stands on its own. Phantom Thread score does. I think you can be just as moved listening to Phantom Thread as you could whether or not you're watching the film. And the same holds true with Last Jedi score. Um, so, like you, I think, and just to just to add some fun here, just to add some fun. Uh, like you, I would like to see Phantom Thread win, but I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Star Wars gets it. That's when I think we'll win.
0: Okay, okay. Interesting, interesting.
1: Let's see here. Okay, so... Makeup.
0: Makeup Makeup
1: and hairstyling. What do you got for us, sir? So for makeup and
0: hairstyling, only three nominations. We have Darkest Hour, Kuzhiro... Tsuji, cause, cause hero, cause
1: oh, boy, somebody's Kazuhiro, Kazuhiro. Gonna... boy,
0: Yeah, thank you. Sure. Suji David Malinowski and Lucy Sibic, for Victoria and Abdul, Daniel Phillips and Lou Shepard, and finally, Wonder Arjun Tweetin. Um, I think we all know what. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure we all know what I think here, and it's uh, Darkest Hour.
1: <laughs> I think I think you're right, sir. I think you're right. I mean, <clears throat> I, I, uh, all of, of all three of these, I both want and expect Darkest Hour to win. Right, right. So that's an easy one. Uh, yeah. but give us a harder one. I mean, come on. I think we just came out of a harder one, you know. <laughs> um. Uh, <laughs> I I
0: think I think we all came out of a harder one if you know what I mean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god. Um All right, let's see here. So we are now on Oh, hello. I don't think you have do, 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 do. Okay. I don't see it on here. I don't even see it for next week. Unless I'm... Okay, yes I do. Never mind, I see it. It's on next week's. All right, so not film editing. That's next week. We don't do documentary short subject. Um, We're not doing documentaries this week either. Documentaries are next week.
0: Uh, Cinematography?
1: Is that the next one? Costume design. Costume design is the next one. Okay. So, costume design. Yes. Beauty and the Beast. Jacqueline Duran. Darkest Hour. Jacqueline Duran. Oh, she's competing against herself. Uh, Phantom Thread. Mark Bridges. The Shape of Water. Louis uh, Sequeira, Sequeira, Um And Victoria and Abdul. Consolata Boyle um yeah so i totally forgot phantom thread was nominated fuck here i am thinking shape of water is just gonna nail this sucker i don't know i need help tim <laughs>
0: <laughs> um i think uh it'll be if fa- i want phantom thread to take it and i think phantom thread will take it Um, You have your obvious pick, which is Victorian Abdul. It's a period piece. Normally those take the uh, Academy Awards. But Phantom Thread is about fashion. And what's great about the film is that the dresses, the costumes are absolutely beautiful. And very much like music, where I think the best scores are the scores you don't really pay attention to because they support the movie so well. Which I probably should have mentioned that whenever we were talking talking about the the score category, but I feel the same thing with costume design. I don't want to be there's. I think it says something about the movie as a whole when you're just distracted by the costumes or just continually uh, continuously noticing how great and grandiose they are. Uh, Beauty and the Beast is also an obvious choice for costume design, uh, but just Phantom Thread, man. Like, see, I every disagree. single piece just. it's a character, you know, it's important. And I agree.
1: I agree with you there. I totally agree with you about Phantom Thread where I disagree is that beauty and the beast is just kind of like an automatic. You can kind of see it, you know, in the running or whatever. Um, I, I just, there was something about the way the costume design worked. I mean, and it just did. It really worked when they pulled off the Cinderella remake. Because it wasn't the exact same fucking m- movie verbatim. And yet that's all they're trying to do with Beauty and the Beast. And you can tell. So there's nothing new and eye-popping. It's pretty, sure. But there's nothing that screams to me, wow, with costume design. Like it does with Phantom Threat. Um, so the problem though is that phantom thread seems like the obvious pick because of its fashion and because the very nature of the film uh of fashion being its art being being an art and watching how it affects someone and in this case the couple because you know it's it's obviously going after dana day lewis and um can't think of her name so um And watching how that thread in and of itself can unravel, right? And so I think that that is definitely at its heart something that's very, very beautiful and very, very powerful. Which I think is why I want it to win. But, part again, the whole thing that really brings any consensus to Shape of Water is that it just fucking looks amazing. And you can't get there without the costumes the costumes have to be the costumes become a part of that production design that it's literally like making everything work as it stands and you had to create that world making it reminiscent of cold war or what we think of from the cold war era whereas phantom thread just kind of exists as fashion within its own period so for me, I would love, love, love. I will not be sad at all if I'm wrong about this. I would love for Phantom Thread to win. But I think that Shape of Water will get it. So, and I wouldn't be sorry if Shape of Water gets it. But I I, I, I think Shape of Water is going to get it. But I would love to see Phantom Thread win it
0: interesting interesting yes who will come out on top in costume design predictions will it be who gives a <laughs> shit this is just interesting <laughs> it's not even like we rub it in, in each other's faces or anything
1: like nope it's more or less just fun i mean you know that's why you watch all these movies so that you can uh you know it's the whole to justify of, yeah.
0: our sadness how, right. How well, I mean, we it's really not so much
1: are. that. It's just that it, I, I think that you know, going through all the hassle, the extra hassle of watching all these movies and stuff, and making sure we get all the stuff covered. I mean, it's so that we can really have a good discussion about about these different um, about these different categories. Sure. So, uh, yeah, but then that does move us right into cinematography, though. So, let's see here. So, for Cinematography...
0: Wait, hold up. Are we getting into next we week's
1: have, stuff? Nope. This is the last one, I think. Oh, really? Damn. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, Cinematography. We've got Blade Runner 2049, uh, Roger A. Deakins, Darkest Hour, Bruno Del Bonel. Dunkirk, Hoyt Van Hoytima, or Hortima mudbound rachel morrison and the shape of water dan lauston this one is a tough one this is a really really tough one because they all bring something really good to the table for cinematography all of them yeesh um god yeah even mudbound cinematography was so good i'm pretty sure i even mentioned that in my review
0: <laughs> yeah i i think my personal favorite is Roger Deakins. Because mostly anything that Roger Deakins does, I think, is is wonderful and brilliant. And what I really liked about Blade Runner 2049, which I also uh, just recently rewatched, I rewatched it in 3D. And in comparing it to the 2D version, the 3D version didn't really do a whole lot because Roger Deakins' cinematography I mean, with, with how he did it, how he constructed the, the look of each scene, it already had a 3D look and feel to it. So there was really no reason to have 3D. But then you also have Dunkirk. <laughs> um, Hoyt Van Hoytima's, or, or Hoytima's, uh cinematography is also wonderfully done and, and brilliant for, for Dunkirk. Uh, and...
1: It's hard, man. This is a really hard one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's where are I think a lot of people will look at maybe Blade Runner twenty, uh, Roger Deakins cinematography as maybe too glossy or too uh, glossy. You would use the word glossy for twenty forty nine? Maybe not. Okay, not glo- but just like I don't mean what I say, Matthew. I don't mean it. <laughs> it, it like maybe maybe obvious, and. Because of the color palette and the use of the color palette. And uh, so I guess I'll just stick with, I want Blade Runner to win, but I think Dunkirk, uh, Dunkirk will, Dunkirk will take it. Although I'm just really kind of kicking myself in the ass for even suggesting Dunkirk's going to take it. Because I don't even think Dunkirk will take it, but a lot of people really like Dunkirk, I've realized.
1: Well, let me help you. Let me help you. Okay. It's a hard one. This is a hard one, but I am. This is, this is where I draw the line on Shape of Water. I think Shape of Water cinematography is not as strong as people believe it is. I think that the secret to the look and feel of Shape of Water is in its costume and its production design. Sure. Therefore, I am good. With wanting and expecting Blade Runner to get cinematography. I think that, and, and I, something that I criticized this movie for was being too long. But despite its being too long, I, it wasn't the visuals that bored me okay i i didn't feel like it was too long because what i was looking at wasn't doing it for me i wasn't pleased with the way the story was unfolding but Man, did I spend almost every moment of that movie going like, oh, my God, I remember that from the first. Oh, wow. And like when they literally fly over the original corporation to head into the new corporation. I mean, come on, guys. This is just that's cinematography. I mean, to give you those wonderful styles, stylized shots, Um, even when, you know, going to the theoretically what's supposed to be, I guess, Las Vegas or whatever, uh, going and finding Deckard. Um, all of that kind of stuff, everything there that laid out that you could see that the camera was using to make its case for the story of the film worked really, really well. Um, and the shot selection of that movie I felt was the strongest. So I want and expect Blade Runner to get cinematography.
0: Ditto for the most part. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so awesome all right well then that is definitely going to bring us to the end the end of part one of our oscar predictions so uh, i guess um you know well i i guess i i guess i should uh, uh what am i thinking of i don't even know what i'm thinking of um what's what's i i the spiel we get spiel i don't well because yeah i guess we should talk about the um like next week what we're doing next week i i i, <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to get at i'm um, lost <laughs> i'm lost with my i'm i don't have my 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 organization has failed me okay all right so Since we didn't cover movies this week, but we still have to cover movies next week. We didn't, um, the movies for next week are going to be, uh, Ferdinand the breadwinner a fantastic woman and loveless unfortunately just due to the way things have worked out um we will not be able to cover the insult so um that is sad for us but sometimes these things happen there there was one movie last year i think in the foreign films it was either foreign film or a doc that we also did not get to cover last year because of just release dates and stuff ended up not working in our favor so um we will not be able to cover the insult but but we will be getting Ferdinand, the breadwinner, a fantastic woman, and Loveless in for next week. And then we will also be completing, uh, after we do our movies, we will then come back and do our segment, uh, Oscar predictions and close it off with film editing, best documentary feature, foreign language film, animated film, actor and actress in a supporting role, actor and actress in a leading role, directing and best picture. So, without further ado, I think it is now time for the spiel. Is it not, sir?
0: Spiel on! Is there something wrong with the food? No, the food was excellent. Perhaps you're not happy with the service? No, no, no complaints. It's just that we have to go. I'm having rather a heavy period. (laughs) and we have a train to catch oh Oh, yes yes of course we have a train to catch and I don't want to start bleeding
1: all over the seats well the music you'll be listening to as always has been brought to us by our music partners Cries of Solace. you can check them out at ReverbNation.com and Facebook.com both slash Cries of Solace. as for us we are of course the SLS cast and this week's episode still brought to you by Market Tech Media be sure to check out Market Tech on Twitch Saturday through Thursday 9 to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time at twitch.tv slash Market tech. and we're still the SLS cast after that before that and at all times if you'd like to reach us you can send us an email to the show at slscast.com you can follow us on twitter at the sls cast you can follow me this is matt on twitter at nitwit one two three four five you can climb up for that information superhighway and track down tim on twitter if that's your heart's desire don't forget you, you can subscribe to us on itunes and or favorite us on stitcher radio as well as track us down in the old soundcloud so until next week this is matt saying that thanks to guillermo del toro i get to say this for me real life is hard work making movies is like a vacation for my soul take
0: care cinephiles we'll talk at you again next week Madam, perhaps we should be going. Oh. Very well, monsieur. Thank you so much. So nice to see you. And I hope very much we will see you again very soon. Au revoir, monsieur.
1: Monsieur!